The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Welcome on in to the batting order. Beat your one-stop shop for daily for baseball content. Still not quite getting there. I am LJ LaFiera. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam. We are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. And we are very excited to give you some great content here today. We're going to be running through some division picks. Um, I'm not sure if we want to necessarily go ahead and jump into any nonsense here, but Brandon, how you doing? LJ, doing good. Uh, finally back home. We can do a little nonsense if you want. This can be our... What kind of nonsense do you want to get into? What, what kind of hijinks are you ready for? This is kind of the way we start up all these lives, but... What kind of hijinks do you want to get into after all the hijinks we got into yesterday? Uh, look, not mu- I mean, look, not much, honestly. Just wanted to say I'm home. I'm back for the summer. Uh, we'll be ha- having an internship, working in the, at an internship this summer um, for about nine weeks, starting in June. Uh, however, nine week boot camp in finance. Yes, that will not affect my availability in terms of the podcast um, because I'll work and come back and record. So though this internship may leave him scarred and deformed, his resolve has never been stronger to record great baseball content. Of course. And hopefully by that point, the Yankees are either in the thick of it or, you know, I just, I don't want it to be another season of, where the whole season you just get led on into just tragedy. Like I, we need a fully really good season or a fully really bad season really soon because we are the Dallas Cowboys of the MLB. We build a roster solely to make the playoffs, and that's that's it. That's our only goal: make the playoffs, get the exposure. There's no actual goal to win the World Series. That's what that's that's what I've come to. Just the way that they treat the media, the way that they run their team, and LJ knows over the last few years. I mean, you've said that we have the most unique problems in baseball, just based on like what we do, how we run our organization. It's it's so different, right? Like no other team complains about the actual day-to-day roster moves, I feel like more than Yankee fans, right? No, and again, especially it needs to be understood. I mean, something I've been quickly, you know, becoming more and more in favor of and push is while you also have unique problems as fans, there's unique solutions when you're the New York Yankees and there are unique solutions that the team refuses to use. As far as I'm concerned... You know, as much as I like this big splashy move, you don't have to make the record-breaking deal every offseason if you're the Yankees. You just don't. You could, but you don't. The beauty of the Yankees is you should be able to cut people loose, no? Should you not be able to afford to be a little bit over the luxury tax and not feel like you have to pay your $6 million, or play your $6 million shortstop? We are the poorest rich team I've, I've, I've ever seen, LJ. Like, I, I just keep coming back to this. You point. can't cut Aaron Hicks. You can't cut Aaron Hicks. Like, come on. I'm flummoxed time and time again by this team and the way that they operate with this stuff because 
I'm like, you are the richest sporting organization in the world. And you can't eat, even if it is, let's say with tax, $14 million for Aaron Hicks. You can't eat that? How on earth could the Yankees not eat that? Especially when you're already over the luxury tax most of the time anyways. So it's not like you're like hurting yourself more. The by luxury winning. tax was practically made just because of the Yankees. Like, Yeah, but like it's not a penalty for letting guys go. It's a penalty for adding guys. Right. So at the end of the day, it just makes no sense to me how they can continue to have these problems of bad rosters and complaining about, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily go with like a Josh Donaldson. What's he making this year? 25? It's, it's, it's insane. It's obscene. It's, obscene. it's insane. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, it could be worse, I guess. Like, it could be worse with his production. Either way, I don't think I go that far as to go with like a $25, 26000000 million man. But if you're under $15 million, that should be a drop in the bucket for the Yankees. But either way, that's um, neither here nor there. It doesn't matter that they're looking about as lost as the Warriors' rotation is these days. But Looking about as lost as Jason Tatum in that first half. 0 for 10, 1 point. Dude can never show up in a big playoff game. You know, it's 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 about time we finally said something. It's about time someone finally, you know, realized that. Brandon, we've been we've been saying these things on 102.9 FM WLES for a very long time. He I is, don't, I don't it, think there is a more anti-Jason Tatum show in all of Boston. But okay, would you have had him first team all NBA? Uh, probably that doesn't necessarily have any barring on okay. it. Okay. Because I just wanted to see what kind of fan you were. If, if like you were really, cause I do agree that he should have been first team all NBA. However, his playoff performance, I mean, it's just, it, this is not Jason Tatum out there. This is, he's a, he's a small Tatum. game player. This is Tayson Jatum out there. Like, he's a small game like, player and will never, you know, fully show up like credit where credit's due because i'm gonna still contend he's not having a terrible game you know you're it's not the worst thing ever you're still putting up seven rebounds and six assists yeah in two blocks like when he's not shooting poorly he when he's shooting poorly he does the other things to make up for a little bit but you can't shoot as poor and come up as small as he is and still act like you're a top 10 player in the league you can't act like you're the number one guy on this team Honestly, the biggest issue that the Celtics have right now is they have a star player with no handle. Their best player can't dribble the ball. Other than that, you know, they have a lot to a lot of reality checks to go through. But the Celtics and- are in a situation where I mean, clearly Jalen Brown is is gone, right? Like I, I don't that- think I don't think it's a guarantee. I'm worried. And here's how I'm worried. I see this situation right now. And I'm like, why am I staring at Shaq's departure from Orlando? It's the same. But just thing. not as good. But just not as good of a player. All right, that's that's unnecessary. You're talking about a top twelve player. Yes, a top twelve player who gets forced to stand in the corner at the end of games yeah. to watch Jason Tatum do whatever. Which, which honestly, I would call more entertaining because. You're just watching. You're watching them add fuel to the fire by just misusing him time and time again. 
You also have quite possibly the worst like X's and O's coach I've ever seen. That is another thing that I'm very much. Um, he he claps, LJ. He is the clapper. He does not do anything. He stands there and he claps and he's like, "Okay, Jay, Jason Tatum, like, go and do your thing." I, I'm gonna defend him. May I defend really? him? A little bit, just a bit. Okay, a touch. A touch. Because. He was put into an unrealistic scenario. That's where that's where I'm gonna st- put my foot down and I'm gonna stand on, because here you are, a 34 year old guy. You are four years younger than your starting center, <laughs> and you've never been a head coach. You weren't one of the top coaches on this staff last year, a staff that, mind you, has completely fallen apart since it started. And yeah, because the other assistant, Will Hardy, he went to the Jazz, right? He went to the Jazz. They lost one to Georgia Tech, head coach down there. Um, he was like the fourth or fifth option in terms of coaches. But good friend of Jason Tatum. That's all that matters to the front Oh, office. okay. Good and, friend of Jason Tatum. And what I, what I view this as is he could very well, clearly gets along with players, but clearly is not ready to both be the locker room facilitator and people motivator, button pusher is effectively what you have to be, especially with some of the guys on this team. Like you look at uh, what they did last year with Udoka. He was a button pusher and an X's and O's guy. He knew how to press the right strings, pull the right strings to get these guys to do what they needed to do. And he knew how to run things on the floor. No, He would actually hold the players accountable, which no coach does today in, today's game because they're scared to Adoka would actually get mad at the players and so what i honestly see this as if we want to do a cross sport comparison okay andrea pirlo not sure if you remember him the juventus manager from the 2020-2021 season this was his first his first senior level team senior level job was with the reigning champions of Italy and he managed them into the ground effectively like their run stopped partially because they put somebody in there that was way too inexperienced in way too far over his head and had a lot to learn and eventually things got better for them throughout the year but he clearly was not the guy who should be taking over a club with that type of expectation and that you know pedigree now you look at him now and he's doing a lot better in the uh, Turkish league as a manager, but needed to start out smaller. It's the same thing. You've put a guy in here in a sport that I would argue the assistant coaches matter most out of any other sport in basketball. You put him in there with no help in football. Football. Okay. That's, that's actually fair. But I mean, okay. Yeah, no, I I get it though. I get that. I get that point. I don't know. It's, Assistants matter a lot more than the head coach, in my opinion, like all in all. It's close. But that's kind of where I look at him. Either way, you know, there's going to be major wholesale changes, I have a feeling, coming in Boston. But that about wraps up our nonsense quota, Brandon. Nonsense, yeah. Um, We want to start getting into some divisions here. We're going to hop around the league starting in the NL East here and just kind of take ourselves through our thoughts our favorite, really, Brandon, 
let's start with this. Who's winning the NL East? The Atlanta Braves are winning the NL East, and I don't even have to pause and think about that. Uh, this is a team that for essentially like the how many years in a row now are they just consistently good? You know, last year they got off to a rough start. Uh, of course, they turn it around. They chase down the Mets. They win that huge series in September uh, and lose to the Phillies in the playoffs. But the Braves are a great regular season team. What they're doing right now, uh, on especially on the road, you know, 15 and three away from home is a very impressive record, especially when you've played 22 games against teams above 500. Uh, and it's just such a complete roster. There's not a lot of holes there. Uh, you know, the Mets are really the only other team that I could see staying close with Atlanta, but you know, they're already seven and a half games back. LJ, I'm going to make a bold prediction. Uh, I think that the Braves have the best chance out of any team in the MLB to win their division right now. They're given Fangraphs has them at a 90% chance. And I was just looking for that. Wow. Okay. I didn't know that, but I mean, that makes me feel a lot better with that, with that take LJ. Minus 470 on FanDuel for Atlanta. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was a pretty accurate take. I feel that was, it was, was steaming hot take or not hot take, but like cold. Yes. You mean cold take it's no, uh, I mean cold. Yes. Cold take. But like you hit, you hit the middle of the bullseye. Oh, yeah. I was trying to get at like, LJ, they're just a wagon. They're 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 just such a good team. They're so they're so that that whole lineup is just amazing. And this is all considering that they've been doing this while still not really fully healthy. Pitching. I mean, you're talking about you're, pitchers you're not getting Huascar back this year, but you're still going to eventually re-add in Freed and Wright, and nobody feels unconfident that they're going to be able to figure things out in this rotation without those two guys. You're going to have those guys back in here. You're going to have a guy like Colby Allard in there to round out the back of the locate the rotation. More relievers should be coming in, you know, in droves here. This is a really good roster. They're a performing roster. I mean, I think the only real down spot right now is Ozuna from the Braves. But again, they just, it's impossible to get rid of this guy. At this point, he's so inevitable. He's just, <laughs> I don't get it. I just, I, I think this will be a wagon that'll cruise through the season, but that means we have to get real with each other real quick. The biggest threat to the Braves is this division. The yeah, very fact good that I, I have a feeling that they're going to go completely unopposed to this season. This Mets start, I think, will get a lot better. They've got a manager who can get them a lot better and will get them to the postseason, I feel confident. You will never have a healthy rotation. You're not going to get those guys out there consistently at the same time long enough to get a rhythm going in that rotation ever. And I don't know how. I mean, Brandon, maybe you can tell me. Why does this lineup, which is basically the same as last year, they added one bat, that's about it. Why do I feel so much less impressed this year like last year it looked and felt like they had a complete team like they had a wagon of a group running out here that they could just you know 
They might not have been the most talented, the most flashy lineup, but it was solid one through nine. I didn't feel uncomfortable with anyone in there. And now I look at it, it just feels like disappointment. Maybe it's Francisco Lindor having a slow start. Maybe it's not me being bought in on Francisco Alvarez, who has heated up after his home, first home run was what, last week? Yeah, already, it was, it was a very slow run. start. It was a very slow start. But either way, it just doesn't feel nearly as impressive a group right now or as, you know, together a group. This doesn't feel like a unit as it did last year. It feels more like a bunch of people showing up for work and leaving rather than a team. The Mets in general, the, the not just the offense, but the, the whole team. It just feels like, why do I feel like I just, there's, there's, there's no heart with this team, LJ. There's no passion. You know, there's, they're just a conglomeration of like, it's like the, it's, it's a machine. It's nice. It's shiny, but there's no heart there. No, I find this fascinating because here we are talking about, you know, oh, it's the money. That's probably where we're going to blame is the fact that you can't just throw money at guys and expect to win. But they did that last year too. The difference was they were smarter. They invested in spots that felt versatile, felt, you know, safe. And here they go, okay, let's just invest more money and threw a ton more at people this year. Why did it work last year and not this year? Well, LJ, I feel like part of the reason is, look, at some point we got to start holding a Billy Epler accountable for some of these moves. Like, sure, Steve Cohen's giving you the money, but Steve Cohen doesn't know about what players to sign and who you should be going after. He, he knows how much he wants to spend. When are we going to start holding the front office accountable, LJ? I mean... Do any of these moves, like, really do that much for you? Jose Quintana, two years, $26 million. He has not pitched yet this season. Uh, Carlos Carrasco, you have him. He's on the IL. And, of course, he's had his fair share of health uh, issues in the past. $14 million this year. Uh you know, Edwin Diaz, you signed to the huge contract, he gets hurt. Of course, you can't predict that, but with signing Edwin Diaz to a nine-figure contract, the best allocation of resources here when um, clearly the bullpen and the relief pitchers have been uh, at least somewhat serviceable. I mean, David Robertson has been really good as the closer. Um, was giving Edwin um, Diaz nine- absolutely. 100%. You 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 think that that was the right move? I I, I give it again and again and when again. they needed and when they needed help on their offense after getting shut down by uh in, in the in the wild yeah because you look Joe at this Musker. group and I, I still I'm not as I know, just can't be sold on the offense right now I, I, can't. I can't be sold on it either but I'm not going Billy to Epler, damn, like I'm not going to damn the bullpen by doing that because. You're looking at a decent group, a group I'm not entirely sold on, you know, top to bottom here in that Mets bullpen. But you're looking at an absolute unit if you put Edwin Diaz back into this group. Mm -hmm. Further, I think this goes to some of that fire and some of that, you know, heart in this team. They lost, you know, guys who have become staples of the culture there with this team by losing 
Diaz to injury and Degrom to Texas. Both of which, and you know, we can rip the, those moves as much as we want, but at the end of the day, I have a feeling that the Mets fan culture as a whole would be much better off if both of those guys were out there on this roster right now. That is kind of where I look at this. And at the end of the day, it's about, you know, be bold, but like sometimes you have to take the bigger risk if it means the bigger reward. And to me, yes, I'm saying this fully knowing that DeGrom is very much now injury prone and very much currently hurt. But I have a feeling we're going to be going, looking back at this a few years from now and be saying, man, you probably would have been better off paying the money for, for DeGrom, especially if this Verlander contract doesn't work out because that is a guy that always got the team confident and he's always a guy who got the fans excited. Those are two things that put a heart in a stadium really quick. It's the same thing with Diaz. Diaz was the heart and soul of this team. He was the scapegoat for all those years when he was struggling and now here we are seeing this team without it and it feels empty. I have a feeling those two are some of the biggest reasons why we're feeling this hole. But as for the offense, I really don't know what to tell you because again, why does it feel so much different this year than it did this time last year or September last year? I just don't yeah, know. I don't know, but um who's coming in last, Brandon? Oh sorry, did you have something to say? Yeah, I was gonna say let's let's uh, touch on a couple of the other teams here as the Mets are in fourth. Uh, in terms of who's coming in last, the Nationals are coming in last. I don't even have to think about that one. Um, LJ, let's let's play a oh, fun game. Let's play wait, a fun actually, game. Before we play a fun game, I realized we we got on we got on a tangent in the middle of my take. Okay. <laughs> With the Mets, the Mets are gonna get better. They're never gonna get great. Phillies started off to a slow enough start that I don't think this group is talented enough to catch the Braves. They're talented enough to make the playoffs and, you know, be a threat in the playoffs, but I'm not sure they're catching the Braves for the division. They could very well hold on to this, you know, four a four to five game lead the rest of the year. If we finish there, I would not be surprised in the slightest. Does the lack of pressure on the Braves make things difficult for them going into the playoffs? That's their only threat to not being a serious World Series contender is if they've taken their foot so far off the gas, even unintentionally, that it's hard to turn it back on and ramp up for playoff games. Because there's a chance that they don't come close to being caught this year unless they pull Yankees and give up for a month. Which they're way too smart of an organization to do something like that. So I have no, you know. uh, I just can't believe I, I can't believe the sentence I just said. No. Why on, ever, why on earth was that ever a thing that happened in this league? And everybody knew that it was going to happen, too. It's like the funniest thing. Like, we were just prepared for it. Like, they literally just said, okay, this Leave is Leave it to the Yankees matter. to blow that. Like, after being pretty much the best team in the first half. Um, intentionally well, blow it and then can't get, can't stop. The fun game. The fun game. I like fun games. Okay, so you said who's going to come in last. I said the Washington Nationals. LJ, do not pull up anything regarding the Nationals right now. Okay, can I have the record? Because I have that in front of me. Sure. It is 16 and 21. Yes. Um, can you name three Nationals players? 
Patrick Corbin. Patrick Corbin. Okay, there we go. That's, that's a good one, LJ. Hubert Ruiz. Okay. Solid oh, catch. My boy, Joey Manessis. Yeah, of course. There we go. There's three. Um, LJ, you know, how about our guy Mackenzie Gore? Uh, have you seen what he's done so far this year? Really good. Really good. Yeah, it's been a solid start and again, kind of panned by a terrible team. But between him and again, credit where credit's due, Josiah Gray. Yeah. That's been a guy putting together good pieces. It's just and he came from the Dodgers in the Max Scherzer deal. Uh, of course, Mackenzie Gore comes from the Padres in the uh, Juan Soto deal. But, uh, yeah, Nationals will be getting last. Uh, Steven Strasburg will never pitch again. Um, yeah, LJ, what about the Phillies? Well, what do we think about Philadelphia? Philadelphia. This is a team that just – I'm not sold on Philly purely under the context of the – it just the lineup just feels like it's in shambles so often that it's not going to make sense. Like the bullpen, is it fair that we just perpetually forget, give up on the bullpen? In Craig Kimbrell is terrible, LJ. Craig Kimbrell is not good. Craig Kimbrell is a player that will never make sense. Like, honestly, the dude should stop going for money. His first, like, how, how many years was it where it was like, yeah, this dude's no doubt going to be, like, a Hall of Famer. And since then, he's really done up. He hasn't done much to help his case except from a few, like, 2017 in Boston. All right, can I make some defense, a spirited defense here? Because he has been, you know, very good there. But there's two things that you need to at least acknowledge. Sometimes there's just going to be places where people aren't comfortable, A. And B, some guys just do not last as long as others. And that's really the end of the the story as far as I'm concerned. Because here you have a guy who was great for the first eight seasons of his career. Eight of his more than great, years. more than great. He was amazing, like amazing. Brilliant. Then goes to, goes to Chicago, has all the issue with getting to Chicago. Finally, gets comfortable there and turns it around two years later. Then gets traded and is in an uncomfortable situation again. Finally, finds a comfort a, a place where he can like clearly can perform in L.A. and then changes teams again and is struggling once again. Now, mind you, 14 innings way too early to necessarily be completely pulling the plug on his season this year. But it seems to me this is a guy who needs to be under certain conditions to perform, a certain comfort level. That's what he's screaming right now with the performances he's put up. And each time you see him move teams, the way things go, if I'm him, even if I have to take a pay cut, for my legacy, if I was, con- if I'm concerned about my legacy, of course, which he very well might not be, I'm staying in LA no matter what way I can, because I know I'm capable of performing on a high level with this team. And also I've got a chance for another contract or, or another good contract. If I stay here and continue to put up performances. The other thing too, is he might just be done. And would we call this, y- you 
you claim that this is a Hall of Fame first part of his career. Would you still say he's within this conversation? No. Why? Um, the, the counting stats are not there. I mean, when you consider the fact that Kenley Jansen now has more saves than he does, which... Which, why are we hitting on Kenley Jansen? I think he we're not, but described Kenley as one of the best of the decade as well. We're not, but Kenley Jansen's not a Hall of Famer. Um, and Well, maybe Hall of Fame isn't necessarily the spot to be judging relievers either way. That's no, 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 I know. But if we're talking about Craig Kimbrell, you show me the first eight seasons, and I'm like, well, you only need 10 to qualify for the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, I, I really think that he could had had a good chance and I thought he would have a good chance, but like, if I mean, we were... since 2019, you're talking about a four ERA, but I'm looking at this, I guess in my mind, because really I think it's such a specific skill set. These relievers a hundred percent should be held to the same standard as any other position. If you're dominant, Based on your position, you should be there. I don't. I don't like the way that the treatment is for leafers. So as far as I'm concerned, you know, if I'm a voter, we talk about it. You have to either have the counting stats or have a run of dominance. I would usually call it, you know, eight, six, six, seven, eight years. Honestly, I, I lean more towards eight years, and we're talking about an eight years of a one eight zero. Nearly 300 saves over that stretch and 14.8 strikeouts per night. That is an era of utter dominance. And so, as far as I'm concerned, if relievers were judged correct fairly, he's a Hall of Famer for sure. But that's a big if, of course. Either way, you know, I see this as a team that's going to, you know, make that fringe playoff push. I probably. I put them second in the I put them second in this division as a you know a wild card team. I, I, I think this team is good enough still, especially if they just make a couple tweaks here, they're good enough to make the wild card. And I think from a you know getting this team to gel, the return of Bryce Harper is gonna mean a lot. Or is meaning a lot. But like as things go and as things progress as you start to transition him into the field, particularly if you transition him to first base so that you can get Bone back over to third, that's the best look that you're going to get out of this team all year. That's a winning offense right there. Just adding him into that mix will make a world of difference. And so overall, I think they can catch up into that wild card area and they can certainly catch the Marlins by any means because that's the team I wanted to most talk about here. The Marlins, you know, great start. This is clearly great building blocks. I don't see them sticking with these other the other three teams. Once again, I think we're gonna end up probably, you know, flipping the Phillies and the Mets close to what we had last year for the division. That's the only change I'm making because this group, do we really love anything that they've done? I feel like they've just, they've won the close games. That's all the difference that they've made. 
LJ, there's not much that excites me here. Even Sandy Alcantara, he had one really good start this year, um, but he's gotten roughed around in a couple of starts. Um, the bullpen is all right, uh, but the offense is... I'm struggling to find a night, like, the best thing to say about this group. The like, offense. Even Jazz crazy. hasn't been able to put things together. It's Offense is atrocious. It's so bad. I mean, whew, this, is, this just 29th and run scored, 26th and OPS. It's... It, it it's been it's been terrible, and and there's somehow five hundred because you've got you know you're in a situation where you're just you're winning the close games you're getting by, and you're surviving to the next day. This team is gonna fall apart. Honestly, there's a world where I don't see the Nationals in last. There is a world where I do not see I could see Miami dropping down into that because we saw what happened last year when this offense went from being not great to complete fall-apart team implodes mode. And at least at that point, the rotation was playing well enough to carry them out of that. If the rotation doesn't pick things up here soon, that's not going to be an option. And if the success starts to waver a little too early, this whole group could turn on each other very, very quickly. Bad clubhouse environments do not win games. The Marlins... You know, I'm I'm actually I'm talking myself very much into picking Marlins to finish last right now. Oh, worse than the Nationals. But Brandon, did you have anything else to add on this division? I think we'll probably do one more for the night and call our quits. Yeah, sure. Should we get on to the NL Central? Yes. In just a minute, Brandon, what do you have to say on this NL Central? Well. Be sure to check out the show yesterday where we talked a lot about the Cardinals. I'm going to assume we're not going to talk as much about them tonight. No, honestly, I think we can probably skip over the Cardinals. Yeah, look, if you want our Cardinals analysis, go listen to yesterday's show. Or our L.A. De La Cruz. Yeah, L.J., well, we did a good 10 minutes on the Cardinals yesterday at least. Oh, easy. Um. Yeah, go listen to us talk about how bad the Cardinals are and then LJ's MLB Network, Ellie De La Cruz rant. Um, but LJ, why don't we just take it from the top here? Who's winning, Brandon? Tell me. I'm dying to know. I think the Brew Crew is going to somehow do this. Um, and just because Pittsburgh, look, like it's been... It's been a good run, LJ, but one in nine in their last 10 games. Uh, they had like a stretch there. They lost like seven in a row. Uh, the roster is is not good. Uh, it was it was a miracle run there for a little bit, uh, but they aren't top 10 in any hitting or pitching category, which is quite surprising for a team that's in first place in their division. Uh, yeah, you know, it was eventually, it was eventually going to catch up to them. Uh, but look, it's, I think that they could still finish the season. Uh, all right. It's just, 
Look, Mitch Keller is really good. He'll be an all-star probably. Bedner, he'll be an all-star again. But the offense with, uh, you know, O'Neal Cruz down, it's not very deep. Uh, Plus 550 on FanDuel for the Pirates. To win the division. Interesting. Okay. I'm going to take the Brewers, though, um, and I'll give my quick Brewers thing. Minus 135. Ooh, okay. Um. LJ, oh man, can't believe I'm gonna say this. Oh no, I don't. I'm, I'm scared for what's about to be said. You like probably already know what I'm gonna say. LJ, is so Christian Yelich is oh, is he oh, no. back? Is Christian Yelich back? Because I'm looking on Baseball Savant right now, and I'm seeing a lot of red. I'm seeing a lot of red and I'm seeing seven stolen bases and, you know, not a great OPS, but I'm seeing yeah. a great, experience. a very not great OPS, very not great OPS, but I'm seeing great expected stats. I'm seeing 91st percentile outs above average. Um, You know, I'm seeing a good chase rate. So that is encouraging to me. Maybe the shift Helped him out because LJ last 250 plate appearances, he's above the league average in terms of X Woba. Um, uh, you know, maybe he can actually be serviceable and a good leadoff hitter. Serviceable is a spot. Maybe. Maybe. Do you really want your leadoff hitter to have a 320 on base? Okay, well, baby steps, right? Like, we got to get – we'll eventually get there. An MVP doesn't get to being back with baby steps. For the contract that he's on, like, we got to take baby steps here. It's like, okay, you're $26 million. Let's, you know. Look, I'm I'm, I'm going to fire right back on this. No, 100% he's not. There is no way so – What's red, LJ? What about all the red? I don't care about the red. You want to know why? Why? Her- on the cusp, we are weeks away, probably a week, week and a half away from the 200 plate appearance threshold. As far as I'm concerned, you know, if he isn't showing any of those of that red turning into some, you know, green for the team, I don't think it's actually going to matter at the end of the day. Like, if you're not able to put it together by then, you're not going to be putting together a hyper productive season for this group. Either way, you're talking about a guy with a 239, 323, 355 slash line, four home runs. Granted, seven stolen bases, that's where he's going to shine, but he's got to get on base more if you're ever going to talk about that. I mean, he has the tools to be dangerous again. He's got to actually execute. I hope he gets that, gets a little bit back towards where his expected stats are, but I just. I'm not seeing it. This is the same type of conversation we were having. Um, what would that have been? Last year. No, not last year. I'm not thinking of uh, Yelich. Two years ago, when Chris Bryant was making his return to baseball. When oh, yeah, when when he got traded to – or when he was still on the Cubs. He when was he fixed his swing and got back to being Chris Bryant of old, 
And that, guess well, and what? the that, Cubs were good too to start the year, so it was like, oh, like yeah, here we go. Like, but that, but that Chris Bryant stuck, and you know yeah. what happened with that? That was a combination of both good expected stats proving that his production was going to stay long term, and guess what? It did. It st- stuck, stuck long term. That's what Chris Bryant did. Where are we seeing that crossover with the Christian Yelich stats? Because I'm just not seeing it. I'm not sure that, you know, a hot streak here is him regressing back to the mean probably isn't going to do enough to get me back on that bandwagon. But that's about all I have to say on Christian Yelich. As for who's going to win this division, I think you've got it wrong here. Let's oh. start let's start it with my dear friends, the Pittsburgh Pirates. I are really you buying are you buying in, LJ? Are you buying stock? I really like this team a lot because they've just got ballers here who are going to continually play hard. Brian Reynolds, great player. Key Brian Hayes is really kind of filling himself into a role here so well. Honestly, I'm liking Key Brian in the leadoff spot a ton. McCutcheon, it's like, um, you know, turning back the clocks. Connor Joe. Who would have thought we would be seeing him get another great run out here like he has, and the pitching staff has stepped up plenty. I think you're also being a little deceptive about saying, oh, what team leading the league record-wise is going to not be in the top 10 in any hitting or pitching stats. We're talking about the 11th team in runs scored, the 11th team in starter ERA, and the 10th team in bullpen ERA. It might not be great, but it's still pretty darn good. No, it that is. Means, it is. I, I that, just like you. You can't tell me they that. are the pirate. They are the pirates, though. I'm yeah. buying stock. It's the pirates. Like you can't really think that this is gonna ha- like this is gonna happen right now. Not yet. Let them I'm get buying a stock in the profit. Chicago Cubs. Oh no, LJ! I'm just gonna set that right here and let 2021 you fooled you. 2021 fooled you. They they were good for a I'm month. In. You got excited, and then they collapsed so bad in 2021. And this all of a sudden, it's I'm a repeat. All in, and I don't think you understand how in I am here for a number of reasons. This isn't just the Nico Horner fan in me. It's the Dansby Swanson. It's fan. not just the Dansby Swanson fan in me. <laughs> Heck, this isn't even the Tucker Barnhart fan in me. Honestly, I like so much of this team. Ian Happaput. Ian Happaput, Nick Madrigal, the White Sox greatest mistake. Hey, LJ, how can't you be romantic about Marcus Stroman and Jamison Tyone out there? Justin Steele. Who's you been know what? You actually, real talk. First off, not only is Justin Steele pitching great, he's been great this, since like last year. He's been not really this year, but last year. Do you know how many fantasy matchups he won me as a streaming pitcher? Oh, he, he's he's a great pitcher. He's a fantastic pitcher. Either way, I'm putting this together with the fact that this is a group producing great results. We just talked about a guy, a bunch of guys that I think are, you know, maybe they're not blue chip, but they're like, you know, what what's the next thing down? Red chip, green chip? Like they're a solid, they're a bunch of solid B plus players, and B plus players continue to perform and continue to get results. I feel like this is going to be a consistent team that probably deserves more wins than they've gotten at this point at 18 and 19. So I look at that, and then I look at the Milwaukee Brewers. What's one thing that I think we can describe the Milwaukee Brewers as over the years? 
mid. Unstable. This I, I feel like this ownership group in these front office is always a powder keg about to explode. That's all our friends complain about who are who are Brewers fans is uh the front office. Like it, it just always feels like they're ready to jump off a bridge, this front office, time and time again when things don't go well. And why am I feeling like that, that this year is finally going to be the year that 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 they're going to fully bite on that? Because, you know, I look at this, we get one bad slump, maybe going May. I, I hope I'm not predicting the future for many people I know's sake, but I could see a world where one bad slump into May and June has them going into full fire sale mode as they're on the outside of a wild card spot. Looking in, this was already something we were talking about this year with guys with Corbin Burns. I still feel like they are walking on a tightrope and very much want to just jump off and get it over with. That's kind of been the feeling I've gotten with the Brewers management for a while now. So if they get one bit of, you know, feel like it's a fight to make the playoffs, they're probably going to go down pretty easy. So I don't trust the Brewers enough to take them here as the division spot, give it to my cubbies plus 450. LJ, I'll have you know, uh, with your Cubs, you said that you, th- you know, they should have a lot more wins than they do right now. Expected win loss record based on run differential. So they are 18 and 19 right now. Their expected win loss 24 and 13, which would put them. <laughs> you know, as a top five team in the league in terms of wins. Uh, All the counting stats are there for the Cubs. Uh, Once again, I I can't buy into this yet because of what I saw in 2021 where you had arguably the better group, the better players at that point. Maybe not, maybe not. But I wouldn't necessarily call it better because this team's deeper. This team is deeper, but that team had all the guys that made up the the, the core of a World Series. When I mean, Anthony Rizzo was still there. Bryant, Baez, Contreras. Yeah, that, again, talk about unstable. That whole run was unstable. Yeah. Like, yeah. you never really felt, you know... Honestly, it, it felt like a miracle run because of the curse when they got there, and they never came close to repeating that. Let's keep that in mind. You know, this was never a team that was ever really showed up after that World Series. So does it matter that an aging core, or really in prime core that never really got back to what they once were, never, you know, was there at that point because they weren't the same performers that they were years prior? Wait, wait, wait. They, the, the year after they won the World Series, they, they made the NLCS. How many games? Five. They lost to the Dodgers. My, my case in point. And then they made the wild card game the year after. So, yeah. I mean, look, they, they had a nice four-year run. Um, 2020 doesn't count when they lost to the Marlins. Uh, that was hilarious, though. Um LJ, shall we wrap it up with the Cincinnati Reds? Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, this team's going to stay about mid. Um, it's, it's. I feel like they're. Teams, LJ, can we get 
a good pitcher on this team. Hunter Green has been good. Graham Ashcraft on that bat finder with great fervor this year. Graham Ashcraft is okay, but Nick Lodolo, 50 hits allowed in 34 innings pitched. My this God, is such a and it's such a quick collapse too. You were a first round pick in 2019, and you're I get like, look at this. Hunter Green picked in 2017, and he's 23. Nick Lodolo picked in 2019, and he's 25. And which one is better? It's the, the younger kid picked earlier. It's so incredibly frustrating, but like, let's give it a minute to even out is what I say here because I walked into here feeling Nick Lodolo is the best pitcher on this staff. And then he went and got rocked for about a month. But give him time, right? I mean, this is this is the part of the season – I'm I'm just pulling up his game log right now. And you know, you've got five innings, two earned, seven shutout innings, five innings, two earned. And sure, that might be a lot of hits there. That's not the necessarily the recipe for success for going deep, but that's you know, solid stuff. If you're a bad team, I wouldn't hate that as my ace. Then of course he gets caught four inning, four and two thirds, eight earned, four innings, six earned. But I mean you know, turns it back around here. Um, to the end home April. runs, though. Look at how many home runs he gives up. It, it's home. all been one stretch, though, Brandon. Give him a little bit. This is this is we're here to overreact. Like that's the whole point of doing this at this point. But like, give him a little time. I mean, nine He's home. He's a guy I'm not going like to overreact on. In the last month, like we're talking nine home home runs allowed. That's it's too many. I that is what we're here to do is overreact though, which is what's great. I'm um, buying. I'm staying in. LJ, this I'm keeping my Nicoladolo stock. The Reds. It's not, it's not a lot of Nicoladolo stock, but it's some. Can we take maybe a little bit of the money and invest it into the Reds bullpen? It's kind of all right. It's kind of all right. Kind of all right. I still feel like you know Alexis, Alexis Diaz, Diaz. I mean, he's good. Pitched well, yeah. He's finally separated himself from the pack of like seven closers they had last year. Well, he he finally took over last year at some point. It was like it was enough was enough. Well, um, for me's sake, somebody had to. <laughs> Lucas Sims. I remember last year he was really good. Or this might have even been like twenty twenty one. He started off really good. Uh, yeah, it must have been 2021 because he only threw six innings last year. Um, but I think he's got some nice stuff. Uh, and I mean, let's look, also keep be quite frank, I haven't too. watched a single Cincinnati Reds game this year, I don't think. Um, I'm sorry, Reds fans, diehards. You know, if if we're talking about the Cardinals continuing to be bad here, there's definitely a chance where this team just stays in this mid-section. I, I, I could see a world. That, I would not be shocked if somebody – from the future somebody came out of the time machine, walked up to me, and I asked, what's the current standings in the NL Central? Because that would be my actually first question. That that would be your first question yes. is the NL Central. I need to know about my Cubbies, Brandon. I would not be you be if the Pirates beat the Cubs, though. What if the Pirates win the division? The Cubs finish second. I mean I'd be a little disappointed. A little disappointed just because it like it, it it all went kind of how you were expecting. You expected the big the 
the good teams to not do as well. But just I was still expecting. I, I still got the Brewers collapse right. Is really yeah. Nice no, team. that's that's all you care about. Me and, and you. And I'm were, still assuming under that under that situation that the Cubs are like a game or two back. So like you can't really be that mad in that situation. Fair. Fair. Um, but you know, Cincinnati here making the you know 3D chess play here. Joey Votto still on the IL. Brandon, they're just skipping him ahead. Put him on the IL early. That means most of what you're going to get out of Joey Votto is late-season Joey Votto, and you get this hyper-concentrated, hyper-rested Joey Votto for the summer. Well, and and you say 3D chess. I mean, Joey Votto, known chess player. I've been dabbling in chess a little bit lately. Um, LJ, maybe Joey Votto told the Reds, hey, look, here's, here's the plan. I'm having my surgery right now. I won't be back until middle of the season. Put me on the IL. Make it so I can't come back till after the All-Star break. And I'll hit 400. He's just, honestly, if you told me he hit, if that would be my second question. <laughs> is how is Joey Votto doing? It also wouldn't shock me if arrested Joey Votto just became the best player in the league once again for like a month or three years. I mean, LJ, for his career in the second half, his OPS goes up by 68 points for his career. This And this is still a great baseball player here, too. That's not... I mean, yeah, a 900 OPS in the first half of, of the season, and then 969 in the second half. And even last year, yes, it was a struggle, but we never got to see the best of him. We never got to see him warm up last year because of these injuries or even really get comfortable because of these injuries has the rough time, but boy, 2021 was this guy back or was this? He was so good. He was so good. And it was second half of 2021 also. This is a great player and he's a great spot to wrap up here. We will be back of course, Monday with our next show. We're looking forward to it. Brandon, anything else to say before we head out? No, uh, another great, uh show and yeah we'll be back monday well we're gonna finish this up and um we'll probably do something else we'll probably save this for i was thinking for other lives oh cool yeah well we can uh recap the weekend i'll be at the yankee game on sunday can recap that uh we'll have a lot to talk about all right well that'll be it we will see you